0: No doubt, the more data you accrue as a company, the more valuable your company is going to be because there's actually hard metrics to judge it on. It's not just taking somebody's word that this is how it's always been and this is how it's always gonna be. So hard facts, add dollar signs. And and that of course is especially true on the financials, right? Like at this point, there are acquirers out there and you know this is a a legitimate option. It's not, well, maybe someday there'll be somebody that wants to buy this thing. I'd, I'd recommend everybody start focusing on their books in a way they haven't before. This is
1: episode 188 with Hal Denbar and Amy Engelman of National Pool Partners. Enjoy.
2: Welcome to your go to podcast for the pool and spa industry. My name is Tyler Rasmussen, and my name is Greg Viafania, and this is the Pool Chasers Podcast.
1: All right. Well, thank you both for coming down to the studio to join us in the podcast today. We appreciate you coming out. Yeah, happy to be here. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice to have you back, Hal. Appreciate you you know, being on the podcast for the third or fourth time now, right? So can you introduce yourself a little bit if, if
0: people haven't heard the past episodes? Yeah, my name is Hal Denbar, and uh, back in 2006, I started Patriot Pool and Spa in Austin, Texas. Uh, the week I graduated college with one cleaning account, uh, over five years as a one polar, built it to uh, a sustainable route for one person, and then we started growing and uh, two years after that was a big growth year for us. We added six technicians and started growing rapidly. Um, ended up as, as a team of a little over 40 people servicing a little over a thousand pools a week in Austin, Texas. And uh, in 2020, uh, was approached uh, by Matt Stevenson, who's the chairman of the board of NPP now. At this point, NPP didn't exist. It was it was all just sort of a a concept of something that could be, and started started talks with him and and eventually Augusto Titterelli, our CEO and Imperial Capital, and um we during 2020 created national pool partners um purchased patriot pool and spa my former company as our first acquisition and uh at the very end of 2020 and sort of formally launched and announced npp publicly in, in January of 2021 and currently npp is uh in three states uh servicing roughly 20,000 pools a week and we've acquired 17 companies in our first year
2: that's awesome and You know, we've talked about this quite a bit, but how has the team adjusted to, uh, you know, everything that's gone on with MPP.
0: Yeah. So specifically a Patriot. Yeah. Um, pretty awesome. I think I I was very anxious going into the announcement to, to my team of, of what selling the company would mean to them, how they would take it. Well, you know, I, I knew what it would mean to them. I I did it because I, I saw a better opportunity for everybody. Uh, but I know my intention and my perception wouldn't necessarily be what my team would have out of the gate. And, uh, and so I, fortunately, by the time we were done with the announcement, everybody was really excited because, you know, we were able to share the vision of the opportunity that we could create in terms of career path, you know, the benefits right out of the gate, we could add. Um, and so, so that the initial reception was fantastic. Uh, and, t- and to, to, this date a year later, um, that has stayed true. We, uh, we've we not lost a single employee that I'm aware of because of, of the transition of NPP. We've had turnover like every pool service company does um, that's natural and normal. Um, but if anything, I think us joining NPP and what that has brought to the table, we've actually gained some applicants we wouldn't have had otherwise um, because people are interested in what we're doing and interested in the, the, the potential it offers within the industry. Um, Nathan, who was my Uh, repair manager at the time before the sale is our branch manager running the entire operation. Now that I'm out of Patriot on a, on a daily basis and and, in charge of, of the state of Texas. Um, it's been so fun watching him grow into that role. Um, I think I
2: had a conversation with him on one of the episodes. Yes.
0: Yeah. You did. uh, You did about running efficient meetings. Yeah. Um, Awesome guy. Watching him step up and just completely take over, um, and run that thing and start to groom his heir apparents already. Um, has been so fun and rewarding to watch. And, uh, so yeah, you're, I mean, we're a year in, um, couldn't be, I, I think healthier as an organization of, of Patriot. Now, you know, there have been changes for sure. And, and Nathan is the branch manager, um, is the buffer for most of those. Um, because as we've been growing NPP very rapidly, uh, at scale and putting corporate accounting departments and corporate HR teams and, and all these back office functions, uh, that are designed to support the branches up front there's some extra legwork and some extra heavy lifting to get those things in place so uh you know Nathan has been a, a steady leader at that branch uh, absorbing a lot of the what is short term extra burden of putting those things in place um for the long term gain of sort of ease of automation and extra support they will provide um but you know it is an example of a single location like I'm ecstatic seeing what has happened there um seeing his leadership um seeing Pieces put in place that will make life easier and better for everybody at the branch level there at Patriot, um, even beyond what it is today. Um, but I acknowledge in the short term, like Nathan's had to do some grunt work, getting some some things in place and and you know making changes um, that that long term will will streamline things. But in the short term, have been burdensome. Uh, but that's also you know we're startup right NPP we're a year old um, we're building this thing as we go uh, and so you know, the, the, the vision where we're headed is not where we are today. Cause right now we're, we're building it. Um, but in spite of all that, like team health, awesome entire management team still in place. I mean, it's, it's just cruising. Um, and so it's been super cool to watch this first year.
2: That's great to hear, especially for a pool service company. Yeah. You know, sometimes you think that that's not even possible, but it looks like you're doing it.
0: Yeah. So, so far, so good. Very
2: good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome. And you know, Amy, it's, Exciting to have you on finally, you know, I've seen you at several functions, known you for years, but, you know, come on board with MPP. Can you introduce yourself to the listeners?
3: Yeah. Hi guys. Um, my name is Amy Hingleman. I'm a former owner of O'Neill's Pools and Hot Tubs in Austin, Texas. And currently I am in the role of business development manager for the state of Texas with, with MPP.
1: Awesome. So, I mean, we've heard how story on a few past episodes, but maybe you can share with us some of your background a little bit, how you got into the industry and you know, how it led to kind of the MPP.
3: Yeah. Um, we kind of have an interesting story. Uh, we bought um, an existing company um, and moved here from California, believe it or not.
1: You moved to Texas from California. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Nobody does that. Nobody, Nobody does that, ever does that. ever. <laughs> but we
3: came specifically, we didn't have any like romanticized like visions of Austin. But we looked at eighty six different businesses before we we ended up um, buying O'Neill's, and so
1: eighty six different pool businesses or businesses in general businesses
3: in, businesses in general. We had a um, an opportunity to kind of switch up our life, and we took that pretty seriously. But we ended up with O'Neill's pools because Jack and Becky O'Neill are the original owners. They were trying to retire, and they did not have well. They did have one son, <laughs> and that was the plan, was that he was going to take it over. Okay. And uh, he became a professional wakeboarder instead. So <laughs> when, nice. when they were ready to retire, they put it on the market, and it was the right fit for us. So at the time, I think it was 200 pools or something like that. And then we have a um, a retail store also, so it's grown a lot.
1: What did you do prior to that? How, what piqued your interest in that?
3: In uh, the actual pool business? Yeah.
1: I mean, what what brought you to that point of looking for – businesses and why did you choose that over others?
3: Yeah, um, I guess for one thing in this industry if you can uh, do what you say you're going to do and um, treat people the way that you want to be treated you shine pretty bright in service industries like this. So at the time, Jack and Becky they were running it all on paper, like paper routes. Um, there wasn't even a cash drawer in the in the retail store. Um, it was just, it was kind of hodgepodge <laughs> and so we came on board and, you know, kind of automated those those things in 2014. And, um, yeah, we knew we could bring something to the table. So
1: Nice. What's your background?
3: My background? I've done a lot of things. Uh, but I actually was not at all in a service. We had never cleaned a pool before we took over O'Neill's. Mm-hmm. Unlike Hal. Who knows? <laughs> every <laughs> every detail. <laughs> we had never done it. But um, we figured we could learn. And we knew the business side of it. So I had a... Mobile detailing business for a while. I do a lot of event planning and those kinds of things. So this it's a different role for sure, but I love it. Love this industry.
2: And why do you think that choosing the pool service side actually stuck opposed to mobile detailing? Because it seems like all those other businesses that you started had a probably a role to play in how um, well you ran your business at O'Neill. So you know, what was it about pools? Because I would think everything else would work out. Before, uh, <laughs> right. before you make yeah. your first <laughs> hire,
3: all I knew was we didn't want a, a restaurant. So that was, that was all we knew was one thing that we didn't want to do at the time. So, uh, yeah, my husband and I were, we're really good counterparts, um, for those, you know, eight years. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it was one of those, it's an interesting industry. Anyway. You got stuck but it's just like yeah. everybody else yeah, right. it's uh <laughs> that's, that's yeah so it's cute and you guys know yeah if, even even people who are you know second generation they're like no, i'm not gonna do this i'm not gonna follow my in my family's footsteps and then they boomerang right back around <laughs> a couple of years later we're all back but it's great the people in this industry are amazing and um yeah i don't know yeah it just stuck right
2: yeah and I mean uh you know what were some of the the struggles that you had to kind of hurdle over in the very beginning maybe the first couple of years is it maybe the first hire you know what was it exactly no, what was different from some of the other businesses that you owned
3: Uh yeah so <laughs> on the first day that we took over there were so there were five employees and two of them walked out immediately <laughs>
1: they just oh, they man. just
3: took off and then uh, we had some really wild stories um in the beginning, the hiring is has always been an issue um, in our area. And it's like that all over the country right now. But um, yeah, just getting the, the handle of of the um, bringing everything up to speed to modern times <laughs> was was uh, something that we knew needed to happen, but we didn't know exactly how. So it was a trial and error for a little while. Like um, a lot
1: of data entry that you and you and Neil were doing, like <laughs> taking the paper and putting it yeah yeah
3: and form. for the first three years i think we would have our our two boys at the um we would do like assembly line style billing <laughs> so they were pretty young but somebody was a stamper somebody was a folder so anyway um
1: all paper billing it's
3: yeah all paper billing <laughs> yeah
1: somebody had to lick the envelopes exactly right <laughs> yeah
3: we, we really did we got it it's a family business right that's yeah. what happens <laughs> yeah. go to work kids
1: it's kind of a fun experience for the family though, you know, yeah. to be a part of it like that. It's something the service industry really provides, I think if you can incorporate that. It's kind of fun. Yeah.
3: Yeah. They get you're... to see and hear a lot of things um about real life and um I think they're definitely better off hearing some of our, even our kind of off-color those those <laughs> the situations that are a little rough. Right. Um <laughs> they you know, kids kids could learn a lot from that. I hope from that experience here, the good and the bad, that they're, you know, kind to people out there. They, they have a different perspective, you know.
1: Sure. I mean, our kids were pretty young when we were doing it. So I could definitely see as, you know, early teenagers or yeah. even teenagers could really benefit from hearing a lot of that real life. Conversation. You yeah,
3: know. absolutely. Oh, I mean, maybe gosh. you could
2: elaborate on your business, like how many pools.
3: So, uh, yeah, when we first started, there were five employees. Um, and because of the retail store, we had a couple different, you know, it was all service repairs. And then, um, uh, yeah, the only family owned and operated retail um, store. So uh, everything else is Leslie's, as y'all know. And
2: um, what year was this?
3: This was 2014. Okay. And then when we sold, we were up to what, nineteen employees, something like that.
0: Sounds about right. Yeah. Like about three hundred and fifty ish pools.
3: Yeah. And so uh yeah, it it grew a lot. We've had um un, you know, the turnover like you were mentioning for sure, which is kind of industry standard, but we've also had a lot of uh a lot of luck with some solid folks for, you know, five, six years that have uh, been with us from almost the beginning. So solid team.
2: Nice. And how did you know, you know, you were getting to that point where you might be looking to either sell your business or, you know, whatever it is that you were going to do, because maybe you want to just move on from, you know, being the owner of the business. When did you make that decision?
3: Uh, I had no intention of selling oh, okay. company. I love the business. Yeah. No intention at all of selling. And so we've respected each other for a long time um, in the industry and we're always kind of leveling each other up um for years right
0: Mhm totally
3: and so uh when he he said that he was selling i i well yeah i, I had to know why and um it took what a, a year or so before we before we really got to the you know the table to talk about it but i've never seen anything like npv we we get calls and i'm sure you know a lot of people listening maybe some of y'all too but People call, they wanna buy a business. And I that's not that wasn't ever for us. But uh MPP is really different because it's pool people, you know. There's some some uh other firms out there that have no experience in the industry whatsoever. And the leadership really did stick out to me. Um, not only because Hal's rented Texas <laughs> I just wanna I wanna be on on that train of uh, you know, we're we're doing something big. So steering the ship, being a part of like the ground floor of it. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to be a part of where it's where that's going to take the industry. So
2: Yeah, so how was kind of one of the big, you know, pieces of why you decided to make that jump?
3: Absolutely. Our culture was very similar. We led in very similar ways. Um even our even our nonprofit stuff. We we're just in alignment with how how to treat people on the team and and he's better at it apparently
0: <laughs> no, part part of, part of how, how, you know, I really got to go know Neil and Amy and Austin too, is, you know, I've talked about Collins hope here on, on uh, the podcast before. And, mm-hmm. and we both were, we very active in, in working with Collins hope. And so, you know, being in the same city, um, that was the, the you know, the an initial, you know, identifier from across town of like, Hey, I want to see what they're doing. Cause if, if we're aligned on Collins hope, we're probably aligned on, on a lot of things. Um, and then that's how we started to get to know each other. And, um, And and yeah, I'd say every, every few months, uh, we'd sort of check in with each other be like, what, what books are you reading these days? You know, what books are you reading? And, and, and and that kind of thing back and forth. And so there was just mutual respect from across town. Um, and so, you know, as a result, they were, they were one of the first companies as soon as, as soon as it was public, that this is what's going on with NPP and that we had sold. It was like, Hey, let's go get lunch. Let's talk, (laughs) let's talk about what we're doing.
2: (laughs) And besides how being with NPP, did you have any other expectations I mean, because it can't just be that. I mean, there's got to be a good offer. Yeah. They got to be willing to take your team on. I mean, what else was it that sent you over the edge?
3: Uh, we, I think it was when we first. The uh, we'd never. I don't know if this is true for all y'all, but um, you don't. You know you're working really hard, and you know you're doing a lot of things right when you're running a company. You know what you're doing wrong too, but you can see the growth. Uh, but getting evaluation on our on our small business, it, there was no, uh, no risk in doing that for us. It's, you know, it's free. We had to give them a little bit of information, um, to, to decide what that is. But when we saw what we had built from, you know, from the little five person tiny team, yeah, it, it was, it was just really validating for all the hard work that we, uh, we had put in and, um,
2: it felt and, like you earned it
3: and, and yeah. And so that, that wasn't a sad number.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> it was, it was and pretty, you still have a job it
3: was pretty nice, yeah, and yeah, for um this role is I love so much working at n p p uh but the i think it's scary for a lot of uh, of people to get out of their business when especially if you're running you know healthcare and other things um through that you once you, once you sell, most people don't get the benefits and the 401k and the, all of those things. Um, and so it worked out really, really well to take a role, uh, with NPP and have that security after the sale. Uh, and yeah, I love, I love my job so much.
0: <laughs> one, one thing that was fun and unique about, about bringing O'Neill's into the fold too, is during the process, you know, I, I had this role to fill in Texas for our our business development manager, which. You know, really is, is just somebody who's doing outreach with, with pool service companies across across Texas um, to see you know who would be interested in selling. And if you are interested in selling, let's talk about it. And as I approached you know Amy and Neil, I'd had this job description in my mind um, and and didn't think they'd be interested in, in selling at this point anyway. but sort of my ideal candidate for the business development manager job was Amy. <laughs> um, and so then part of it too was presenting like, hey Amy, I think you'd be really good at this job. Um, and, and seeing her like sort of light up of like, whoa, that sounds like, that sounds like my dream job. Um, and that was part of the hook, I think for, for bringing them in too, was, Absolutely. was this opportunity. And that's, and that's sort of an interesting thing as we, as we go deal to deal, um, and, and present offers to people is you just, many people just want to retire. They just want to hear the keys, you know, I'm done. Are you going to take care of my people? I want to make sure you're going to take care of my people, but like I'm out, uh, you know, cause I've been looking for an out and, but, but then there are other deals where, there's a there's very much alignment in terms of something we need on our team and a skill set that the seller offers. And this was like a perfect example of that of of Amy being an ideal candidate for a job we needed to fill at MPP, um, and and figuring out okay how do we work that into a transaction um, as well um, for a win win for everybody.
2: Right, and if you're somebody that is truly an entrepreneur, you're actually getting a bunch of experience in a business. So if you're a small or medium-sized pool service company you now have the opportunity to be a part of a bigger family with a bunch of uh business owners and other leaders that know um how to run businesses so you're going to get like this the process just expedited so now you get to look at dispatchers and CSRs and how to actually develop like legitimate SOPs and what your financials are supposed to look like how a meeting is supposed to run mm-hmm the books you're supposed to be reading. You didn't know that you weren't supposed to be reading, you know, cat in the hat or whatever is <laughs> it, it, you know, you're reading. But, um, cause the funny thing is maybe you do want to start a different business one day. Maybe it's not pools, but you might be scared to ever do anything again because you know how detailed it is to run a legitimate business. Um, or it's just, I think all four of us really geek out on that kind of stuff, so it's cool being on the inside of a successful organization and just seeing how that machine works. And it's now your company is getting it—the one that you built. So that's a that's a pretty cool experience.
3: It really is. Uh, that's what I like about the NPP family. It's very collaborative. Um, so we are we're all always learning and always kind of growing with each other. Um, I think. I think that one of the one of the key key issues or when when we were deciding to um to sell it was the caliber of of people who were sort sort of in alignment with with us so it wasn't just how <laughs> but there, there's we you know there's people within austin and then all over the country from um our buying groups and all of that that we really really look up to um and it yeah just having that like you said that collaborative um, and always bringing each other up, you know, leveling up. It's, it's the dynamic. It, it's incredible.
0: And out of the gate too, with, with, with a, a lot of the people that joined the team and and we referenced it, I think a little bit last time we were here talking about NPP is, is, is sort of a vision. Cause we hadn't really, we'd gotten kicked off, but we hadn't, we weren't. You couldn't touch and feel us yet because there were just a couple companies we weren't, you know, we're much more mature a year down the road is the specialization piece. Um, like Amy coming in and being freed up to really just focus on sales, you know, which is essentially what her role is. Um, as a business owner, you're dealing with all the things, whether you like them or not. Um, I know Amy didn't like dealing with the operational side of her business. And and we've had other people that have come in to be directors of operations that are very operationally focused. Um I know the sales and marketing side drove them, you know, is not their favorite thing would drive them crazy. And they get to come in and focus on the thing they really like and hone it. Um, and especially hone it under, you know, I would say sort of the tutelage of the team we have brought in at the top that comes in with just vast experience um, of, of, of doing all of these functions at scale. Um, so it's, it's pretty darn cool to learn from people that have been doing things in other industries um, at, at huge scale, but we get to be the lens of How does this work best in our industry? Because we know it um, better than anybody Um, and fine tune it to, 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 to do exactly what it needs to do in the swimming pool service industry.
2: Sure. Yeah. I think that's the most special part is you get to just kind of um, all the other responsibilities you didn't want to do before. You don't have to deal with it. You can kind of just zone in and you probably, I mean, you're just going to become better at it. There's going to be things that, you know, it's probably the first time in your life you've actually got to focus on. Kind of like, you know, just one thing and not be fully responsible because uh, you don't have a lot of resources, I think, when you're coming up, you know, your marketing resources, your, uh, the pool of people that you're choosing from, because we all use, you know, Indeed or Monster or however Craigslist, whatever you got to (laughs) do to get these people, but you're doing everything sporadic and fast and you're not putting like as much time into it because you're so focused on, what do they say like being the technician i've always thought that that's that's a really cool piece of it yeah we're going to
1: take a quick break when we get
2: back how shares
1: what private equity is what that looks like coming into the industry and why evaluation for your pool company is a great tool to have
4: hey pool pros my name is bryce srine and i'm zach singer and we're with beyond pool cleaning in scottsdale arizona and this is your skimmer tip of the week this year has been rough on all of us especially when it came to chems yeah, between sourcing and changing prices, we were really fortunate to be a little ahead of the curve. Using Skimmer for the last few years really gave us an edge, allowing us to pull great data. Like reviewing the chemical dosage report with the company summary for all of last summer, it was unreal to have the exact information from last year to prep for this year, before the homeowners started buying up all the chems. Yeah, the forecast let us prepare, but also having all of the up-to-date costs input into Skimmer as the prices kept increasing really helped us keep our finger on the pulse of our business. I know some people charge for their chems, so this report's a lifesaver. But even for our business, where we include chemicals, we need to use it to adjust the rates of our customers before they become unprofitable for us. The Skimmer Profit Report is crucial for this. We could do a whole hour podcast on the profit report by itself, but for just a quick tip, I would say take your time to make sure all of your costs are entered correctly under the chemical dosages and under the rates and labor and revenue. Skimmer can do all the calculations for you, but the information it pulls is only as good as the information you put in. So take the extra time this winter to prepare. Just another way Skimmer helps us balance
1: the budget in our favor. To find out more, check out episodes 138 and 154 of the podcast, or go to GetSkimmer.com forward slash PoolChasers. That's GetSkimmer.com forward slash PoolChasers.
2: So for people that might not know, because we, you know, we've thrown this word around a little bit, private equity. Could mm-hmm. you explain that, you know, sort of a bird's eye view to the listeners? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think at it, it, it the simplest level, you know, private equity, because that word is getting thrown around in our industry a lot right now. Every industry. Um, is, is really just private investors pooling money to to, to purchase companies um, and, and invest in them for, for the long term. And so, you know, in, in our case, in National Pool Partners, we have one specific firm uh, that, is, that is invested in us and funding us. Um, you know, private equity is different than public equity, which would be, you know, stocks that are traded where uh, they have investor reports to the public. It's all public. Uh, in this case, it is, you know, within its private capital. So private money being spent to acquire businesses. Um, and, and that's, you know, at a, at a really just basic level that that's what private equity is. And so when you, when you're hearing private equity is looking at our industry, it's investors who are pulling money together are looking to purchase pool service companies. And we're seeing a lot of that across the entire industry, um, not just in the service side, right? I mean, we're seeing that with, with every aspect of our industry, um, the consolidation that's going on, you know, seemingly every month on y'all's news update with Megan and in every trade magazine, um, you know, the, the mergers and acquisitions piece is the, the, the largest component because <laughs> whether it's manufacturers or distributors or service companies or construction companies, um, so much of it is being consolidated right now. And that is being driven by investors who are pulling money to purchase these companies.
1: Yeah, it's literally on every episode that I do with Megan. Like, there's more acquisitions mm-hmm. and more acquisitions. I'm like, yeah, just call it an acquisition podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: no, and and, and so cool. in our case too, you know, with private equity, it's we are beholden to investors, right? We are responsible for for their money um, as as we build a business. And so, uh, you know, in stocks that those the investors they're beholden to, or, or anybody and everybody that that could be investing in it. In our case, it's a very you know closed circuit loop of people um, who want to make sure that we're we're, we're building something of, of value uh, and and treating their their investment you know kindly as we're doing it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, wow. they're only successful if you know you guys are successful. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think you know
1: Amy said the word valuation earlier, right? I mean, that's to me the coolest part about for the pool industry is nobody's ever done evaluations on businesses. I mean, if you bought somebody, you, you bought routes, right? Yeah. You exactly. bought pieces of it. You bought small pieces. Mm-hmm. It was never like anybody that came in with enough money to give you an actual value and, yeah. That's, and, and an exit strategy um, has never really been talked about prior to these last year and a half
0: or two years, right. Of right. that coming in. So that, that yeah. has been a very, I think new thing we've brought to the industry right now um, as we're doing this, right. And we're, and we're valuing companies. You're right. Third party, you know, third-party valuations in the past for large, large businesses, you know, I'm talking businesses that are probably over a million in revenue, if not multi-million. Uh-huh. Um, there wasn't really a standard on how to value those in, in the pool service industry because there was not a strategic acquirer out there buying these companies. Um, and so, you know, to date, I, I'd still sort of be wary as to third-party valuations just because uh-huh. I know they don't know what we're doing and we're currently probably the biggest acquirer out there. Um, and so, you know, the bar is being set by, by us and other, other consolidators right now, um, route valuations, there's always been sort of the formula for that, um, that, that, you know, probably still applies it, it, when selling routes, uh, in many cases and granted regional differences and mm-hmm. supply and demand in the individual markets are going to impact that. But what we're doing right now is very different and it is a pretty painless process to, you know, if it's something that you're considering to engage in, um, I, I found it extremely educational as I was going through it. Um, because, you know, I, so I was you know, involved with the creation of, of sort of the idea and concept and plan of execution of how we would do a company like NPP before NPP as a consultant, right? And, and I was doing that thinking, whether I choose to, to join in on this or not, like, at least I could sort of help steer the ship of where this is going to go for the industry, because it was clear it was going to happen to the industry. Um, but then when I decided to engage in a possible transaction, that was a whole different deal, right? Then I'm, I'm getting my Patriot pool and spa valued, um, just like any other seller would. And as I went through that process, I learned so much about my business, um, because I was seeing it through the eyes of somebody who would pay that much money to buy it. Um, which is not something you get insight into every day. Um, and, and you know, basically, you know, uh, signing a, na- a non-disclosure agreement, submitting a few years of, of financials out of QuickBooks and and answering a questionnaire about, you know, how many trucks do you have? Are they owned or leased? You know, how do you pay your employees? That kind of like data that can be used to, to attach value to the business going through it. I mean, I, I personally was, I I was going to be conservative. I was like, I I could get all the way up to the very end of this thing. And if, if I see any red flag or anything that makes me think, you know what, this isn't for me, I'm I'm ready to hit a check. Um, and, and, you know, once you get deep into the process, like after an actual formal offer has been presented, um, at that point, you know, you are going to start accruing some legal costs, some accounting costs uh, to make sure the process is going smoothly on your side. And, and so I, I, I'd already, you know, gotten to the point where I was spending that money. Uh, but in my mind, I was like, that's school hard knocks tuition. If I get to the end and decide, you know what, this isn't for me, or I see something that, that, you know, scares me in any way. Um, and so. The process from start to finish i learned so much about my business of course throughout it it looked good enough to me where i was like okay let's ink this thing i'm, I'm excited to, to go to the next stage and sell this company um but it's it's a learning process and, and the cool thing is until you get to a formal offer and deciding if you want to engage at that point when you know what the company's worth it's basically a free process um and so it's good insight um to get out there. Cause you're not going to, you're not going to find it you're going and paying thousands of dollars for a third party valuation right now no. that doesn't have the firsthand information of, of what an actual buyer is willing to pay for it.
2: Yeah. Cause it seems like the uh, amount of pools, it's a, it's a variable that's always going to change. But if you have, if you do a good job at keeping the data, mm-hmm. you know, cause I know in like the tech industry and other industries like HVAC and plumbing and different things like that, they're getting, you know, bought left and right. But when they come in, um, you know, they want like data on every house. They want plans. They want to see all this stuff. Cause it's like, they just want data, you know? So I bet there's a lot of people listening that are hyped to get to a point to where they can maybe stay, you know, with their company, but sell it off. Cause that's a, that's a huge milestone. I think for any company, if they get the opportunity. So what would you suggest? they do to kind of prepare for that. Cause I mean, we're talking about data and different things like that. And if you're not, you know, doing your due diligence and making sure that, you know, you're taking the right notes at these houses, Mm -hmm. you know, we always talk about people not, uh, companies not putting down like what kind of uh, equipment is at the house. Like if you don't have like a very detailed dialed in a CRM um, of what's going on out there, like to me, like, i like, don't waste my time. Like I wouldn't buy a company if they didn't like like, what are you doing? You're not a business. Like if you don't have that information.
0: Yeah. I mean, no doubt. The more data you accrue as a company, the more valuable your company is going to be. Um, because there's actually hard metrics to judge it on. Um, it's not just taking somebody's word that this is how it's always been. And this is how it's always going to be. Um, so hard facts add dollar signs. Um, and, and that of course is especially true on the financials, right? Like at this point, there are acquirers out there, and you know this is a, a legitimate option. It's not well. Maybe someday there'll be somebody that wants to buy this thing. Um, I'd, I'd recommend everybody start focusing on their books in a way they haven't before, um, so they're ready in a moment's notice. Because I mean, you know, even being grim, right? Like, I mean, you could get hit by a bus tomorrow, and your family's got to sell the thing. So mm-hmm. do them a favor and have it ready to sell if that you know something awful happens. Um, but but the main thing is clean financials. I mean, that's huge. Um, and by clean too, I mean. You know, we're small business owners. We're all trying to 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 save as much from Uncle Sam as possible, right? Like we're we're putting things through the business that the business probably doesn't need um, on a day to day basis, but the acquirer for sure won't need those things, right? Um, You know, I I, I was putting my my Texas A and M season tickets through the company but somebody who's buying the company is not going to need to put Texas A&M C tickets through the company. Right. So all those kinds of things, did you negotiate that? in? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. All those kinds of things you need to track, right? Um, because when it comes to value your company, you need to add that value back into your P and L because a purchaser is not going to spend that money. Um, and every single thing you can find like that to track and put back in mm-hmm. makes you more money on a sale. Um, we've had, we've had, uh, With one company. It was interesting. Um, just very generically, they had a, a very expensive vehicle, um, personal vehicle, uh, for fun that, that was put on their company and they weren't paying attention to the fact that that was there. And, you know, they got the valuation back and they're like, this seems weird. This seems off. Like surely my business is more profitable than this and it should be worth more than this. And, you know, we're like, well, think on, think on what could be in these books that, we haven't seen yet. And like, he came back a week later. He's like, Oh, I had this like hundred thousand dollar car, but through the company, like, yeah, that's, that's mine. That's not the company's. Uh, and that's makes a giant swing in evaluation. Yes. <laughs> we
3: always say it's not, um, we're not the IRS. We're not looking to find, you know, find those, uh, those things we're trying anytime we're asking um, any, any detailed questions, it's really to make sure that we have, that we can, yeah, get get you the value that's really true for you. Um, so anytime we ask questions, I everybody gets kind of nervous. But yeah, like we are going to go through and
0: yeah, we're the opposite. Well, it's the, the only
2: opposite. way because it's going to cost you money. You don't have any employees, so now it's going to cost the investor an insane amount of money to turn these into employees, give them health benefits, and then it's like you have no marketing, you have no social channels, you have your Google Analytics isn't set up, you have nothing. So now I have to invest more into this. Like all I bought was maybe these 300 pools. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like these people can walk out tomorrow and legally I can't even tell them what to do or what to wear or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, yeah, if you want to sell your business, listen to this episode and, you know, do your due diligence and get that stuff dialed in and right. talk to you guys. And so for the marketing side of it, how much of that is
0: uh, of value? So I, I can tell you specifically with us, there, there's a lot of variable there, right? Because it's gonna depend on the market. It's gonna depend if we're already in the market. Um, if it's a market we're not in and and, and we're looking at you as a, a platform business, that would be the business we really advertise in that market, it's gonna be huge because we we wanna you know put whatever you're doing on steroids. Um, if we're already in the market and and that in that your company would be one we'd look at to maybe absorb into an existing company already in that market, um, less concerning for us. Uh, I, I don't know that it, that would impact value in that case in any way. Like I'm not discouraging people from spending marketing dollars because clearly, you know, do whatever it takes to get as many, as many people in the door as possible. Cause that, that is value that we're looking for, right? Like whatever's bringing leads in that, that at definitely adds value. Um, but it's a little bit variable and that's, that's where it gets interesting too, in terms of if it's on anybody's mind, we encourage engaging um, with us for evaluation because everything is, every single deal is so different um, because you, you know, you don't know what you, what you're going to find until you, till you really get into it. I mean, we'll, we'll see businesses in the same market um, that could have net profit differences of 10, 15, 20%. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that is, you know, very, very relevant as to, how valuable the business is
3: we're not trying to cookie cutter anything right that no, we're not trying to f- make everything a a franchise um but we yeah so all of that that um, character that you built in your culture is is wonderful and and obviously that's the reason why we're looking at a, at a business like that right you're you're doing a great job so we want we want you a part as a part of the team but on the marketing side I mean, I'm thinking about what NPP brings to uh, all small businesses. Um, like even Hal and I, we had we can share employees now. Um, so and we have a hiring team now. Like there's just resources that now we can just say, hey, we need another person. And then between the branches, there's a lot of there's a lot of value there um, because yeah, well, if somebody's down with COVID, for instance. <laughs> We know that there's a caliber of technician, right, that can come over and handle those jobs. So you've got there's a lot of um, a lot of things that you don't need to ha- uh, market for anymore. You know what I mean? Because we have it. We have this shared kind of network, and I, I love that about you know again collaboration, right? Things that we couldn't do before.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you know to touch base on how you're like we've talked a lot about you being educated in the industry. And, you know, you and I have had lots of those conversations as opposed to some people not being educated. And I think what you were talking about earlier, just you being going through the process, people people can learn from that as far as you having a degree where that's what I mean by educated is that a lot of people in this industry don't. (laughs) And even you yourself, right? Like thought it was worth going through this process. And I love that about it because many people that own businesses industry do not have anywhere near that level of education. And so it's, it's a great thing regardless to go through kind of that process to learn and it will set you up even whether you do it now or later, you know what I mean? Now you understand maybe that there's a a something to work forward to, even if it's five years down the road, right? Of anybody you talk to thinks their, their business is worth so much money and you're like, Oh, I have this great business, but like Greg said earlier, do you really have a business or you just have routes? You know, there's a difference between that. And, and if you have this number in your head that you want to hit, you know, let's say you want to get paid a million dollars. let throw that number out there, right? You can work towards that even mm-hmm. if it's not worth a million dollars now. Mm-hmm. Like what? Yeah. what would I need – you know for to get there right how do i build it right yeah Yeah. that's never existed yeah not
0: not in the pool industry itself that that's Um, why having the outside eyes of somebody who actually has the money to pay you for it right now if if the business is worth it is so insightful to be like oh it is only it's only worth this like what do i need to do to make it worth this mm -hmm. um and and that's it's it's a huge tool i mean you know um i know many of us who've been in the industry for a long time would have wished we'd had something like that a lot a lot earlier Um, because yeah, and you, you, you can get line of sight to where you want to go. Uh
1: We're going to take another quick break. When we get back, Hal and Amy share what selling looks like from both the sellers and the employee perspective. This episode of the pool chasers podcast is brought to you by Leslie's as a pool service professional. It's important to have the right partners. Leslie's values, the important work you do to serve your local communities and they want to help with the new Leslie's pro partner program. You can take advantage of the benefits only Leslie's has to offer. As a member of the program, you will get customer referrals and wholesale pricing. Additionally, you can take advantage of Leslie's extended hours during the week and on the weekends. When we were running Brothers Pool Service, we often used Leslie's when we needed supplies, especially on the weekends, and since they have over 900 locations, they were convenient to get to. They also offer free in-store services like water testing and cleaner repair. To learn more, check out episode 151 of the podcast, or stop by your local Leslie's store today to sign up for the program. This episode is also brought to you by Aquastar Pool Products. Aquastar Pool Products is a leading maker of VGB-compliant drain covers, but also offers many other products to the industry, including skimmers, deck drains, autofills, cleaners, mosaics, ozone, chemical feeders, spa jets, and fittings. Now, Aquastar is proud to announce a new addition to its lineup with the launch of the Pipeline Cartridge Filter. The Pipeline Cartridge Filter, which is available in two different sizes, was designed with the pros' time, safety, and comfort in mind. It delivers top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance approaching that of DE filters. And these claims are backed by NSF International certification test results. For more details, ask your local AquaStar sales rep or visit aquastarpoolproducts.com. That's aquastarpoolproducts.com or click the link below. So, we've talked about a little bit already, but from the seller's standpoint, what options are there? to stay
0: on or not stay on. So that's going to be very dependent on, on the individual seller um, and the, and the need at the moment of, of what we have at MPP. Right. Um, again, we've, we've had, we've had sellers who have retired. We've had sellers like Amy who have joined our, our corporate team. We have sellers who have joined, who have stayed on running a branch um, or, or, or doing something at, at the branch level. Um, we've had, we've had sellers who've split out service departments from construction companies and, kept the construction side of the business and sold us their service department. So, you know, it, there's creative solutions for, I think, almost any situation um, and, and almost any desire. Now, the, now the desire and the need may not line up, right? You may be dying to come work for us and have a job, and we may not have a job in that moment uh, or vice versa. We, we may be pursuing you because we think you're perfect for a job we have, and you don't want to sell in that moment. Um, but it, it's very unique to, to every individual circumstance.
3: Well, when you did, you had an employee, right. That uh, that you he left and then after MPP came back, is that right?
0: So that, that's, a, that's, that? that's a whole separate fun thing that, um, so we had a, uh, I'm hoping he comes back. We extended a job offer, uh, today. Um, so we, we had one of our, one of our, like my favorite pool cleaners at Patriot, um, who worked his way up to lead trainer. Um, just an awesome guy, great cultural fit at Patriot was with us for several years, um, Somebody that you know within the branch pr- way pre NPP, I was always like, I can't wait to find a way to 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 grow this guy, find place for him as as we grow the company. Um, he'd always wanted to be a recruiter, and and so finally he ended up getting a, re- a recruiting job that was really attractive to him, um, and left. And he was like, you know, I hate to leave, but this is the the career I've always wanted to do. And uh, last week we started hiring for a, a recruiter in the state of Texas for NPP and I posted the job on LinkedIn and saw he liked it and immediately messaged him. It was like, you know, Hey, I see you out there, you know, peeking at this posting and he ended up applying and we just offered him the job. And so I'm hoping we have now pulled him back into the family, uh, in a function we would have never been able to offer as, as Patriot.
3: Right. As a smaller company, you, there's not that upward. I think the industry you can, you can go into, you know, but you had, you'd have to leave and go manufacturing side. It's cool that now there's so much, There's so much more opportunity for, um, yeah, just, you don't have, you don't have, or you can leave, but then boomerang back. (laughs) If you're listening to this, you just (laughs) did the the recruiting, didn't you? (laughs) Take take the
1: job. (laughs) So from an employee standpoint, you know, how did your employees react when you told them you sold the company and what has that been like through the different acquisitions? There's always
3: a nervousness in the beginning when you announce it's changing hands. There's a couple of key questions. I think everybody's like, "All right, do I have a job still?" And yes. Why? They want to know like what the what the motivation is. Once we get to that, I don't know. It doesn't it doesn't take long for people to realize why we did that. Why we would sell the same thing that Hal was saying. Like we're doing that to have better work life balance. To to have more benefits for them and some of that upward mobility that we we're talking about so once that settles in <laughs> they realize oh this is like this is really really good for everybody i think on the sell- on the selling side <laughs> that one um like the three days before we announce i think all sellers are really really nervous they know even though if you know it's a it's the right thing for your team those three days are pretty nerve-wracking and yeah, we didn't have anybody, you know, anybody walk out. There was just that stare for a minute, and then they all went back out and did their routes. It was, it was just, it was pretty easy.
0: Yeah, so th- I've done a lot of the counseling with the uh, with sellers and the, the the you know forty eight hours before the announcement, <laughs> as everybody's freaking out about. Yeah. Uh, just, it's an emotional roller coaster, right? The whole process is, but it comes to a to a head like you're at the top of the hill um, right before you need to go tell your team. Um, and so, and that's universal. I haven't, I haven't encountered a single one of the sellers that is not freaking out, um, within two days of having to tell their team, Hey, I just sold the company. Um, and cause, cause there's a lot of it too, is there's like a, a concern of, am I betraying my people? Mm-hmm. Even though every single person who's, who's sold to us has been very confident that like, I'm doing this because I see better opportunity, um, for my people. I see more career paths. I see better benefits than I can provide. I see, I see the future for better wages. Um, and so. Working sellers through that is, is, is a process just to like trust the process. It's going to be okay. We support people the whole way through, you know, whether it's uh, us at MPP talking to them before the process, being there the morning of helping guide the process. Um, What we do is we like to typically the day before a a company announcement where we tell all the employees, let's pull all the senior employees and managers um, together at the end of that day and let them know like, Hey, here's what's going on. Um, We want to answer any questions. We want to make sure everybody's cool and comfortable. Um, cause we know this is a shock. Um, but like, we want to, we want to, you know, give you guys the respect as, as the senior people here to, to know this before everybody else does. Let's talk about it. Uh, and then the next morning when we, when we roll it out to the entire company, um, it gives all the, you know, all the pool cleaners, all the, all the technicians, all the people who, who may not be in, in leadership at the company, the comfort of looking around and realizing, okay, my leaders are calm. They know what's going on. Um, and then, and then we, 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 we try to make it pretty brief, right. An announcement because nothing is, is that day, nothing is changing, right? Like we're still cleaning pools. We're still repairing pools. Um, you know, there's going to be some HR paperwork and things like that that are, that are switching over out of the gate. Um, but we try to keep it pretty brief to be like, Hey, okay guys, everybody, everybody head on out and like do the thing you were doing yesterday. Cause you're still doing that today. Um, and, and we'll, we'll linger around and hang out all day. Um, in case there's any questions, you know, we'll, we'll take questions in the group, but, Oftentimes people don't want to raise their hand and, and talk in front of a large group of people. So, you know, we're we're there available uh then and, and of course beyond that day as well. But we're very present that day. Um and and the look of relief on on sellers' faces after it's all out in the open is is always uh you know hilarious. You can just feel this weight being lifted. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um but uh but you know, at the announcements themselves, and, and I think we referenced this last time we talked about you know with Augusto and Eddie, like once it clicks and people are like, wait, I tell me about these jobs that that don't exist now that we get a chance to, you know, to work towards or the ability to relocate cities. Like the opportunity typically comes out as like the number one thing identified by, by the employee of the day that we do the announcement. Um, and then beyond that, you know, benefits start to kick in. Um, is we just brought in uh, two branches in Dallas, um, in my region. And we brought on the branch managers, um, to, to meet with the two branch managers from Austin who have already been, um, you know, in the business for a while to get some like first person feedback. Okay. Like is is everything MPP is telling me for real? Mm -hmm. You know, is this, is this true? Can I trust what's about to happen here? Um, and, and, and our guys from Austin being able to say, yeah, we gave out like 30 plus raises this year. You know, the benefits have been awesome. Um, it was really cool seeing, you know, people from within the organization, um, in in the same role validate to the people entering the organization, what's going on and that, you know, it's going to be a shock to the system because, you know, change is change, but like, trust us, this is going to be good. Um, and that, that's been fun to watch.
2: Nice.
1: It's very
0: cool. Does anything change
1: from, you know, an employee perspective being an independent, from independent company to, yeah. So, so a lot of that
0: will depend on, on sort of what role, um, people have in the company, um, at the technical level right now. no, um, now we, we will be rolling out changes cause we're going to be implementing our software starting next month, rolling out through the rest of this year across the country. Um, so that'll impact day to day, you know, the technicians, how they do their job. Um, other than that, a lot of it's the behind the scenes stuff, right? It's going to be like, I'd mentioned the benefits and, and, and the, in some, and sometimes we, we may have to tweak to like make things uniform, just some processes across especially if it's in the same city where we already exist, like we want to start integrating these businesses in so that they're operating more uniformly. Um, and so, so yeah, it, it would be a lie to say there's no change, um, but we try to insulate, you know, especially technicians from as much change as possible um, to keep it palatable. Uh, on the management side, they're, they're absorbing more change because they're the ones touching, you know, all the back office functions um, that, that, that we are trying to really change to, to, to just make more efficient and, um you know, make, I'd, I'd say more sophisticated than most, pool service business. Well, every pool service business has ever, has ever had before. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, very real changes there. Um, and, and again, like I said, this is, you know, in year one, I think we've, we've encountered more of those than what the long term will be because we're building everything as we go. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's not, it's not a fully formed thing yet. Um, and so, so that, that should smooth out, I think with time, uh, even at the management level, as far as the impact, cause it'll be, You know, we'll be more confident in what we've built and and be able to to roll it out more uniformly.
1: I think the best way to look at it, right, is from an owner's perspective, we always talk about them wearing 12 hats, right, or 15 hats. And slowly those hats get taken off of you, right, and put onto these different departments, HR, AP, you know, these different things kind of move on from – from you as the owner or shift to a branch manager. And then they come off the branch manager to these specific departments. And some of them go to MPP. Some of them get rolled out between different managers and there's different distribution of those responsibilities. Like from an owner's perspective, especially if you stay on, that's gotta be such a cool thing, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's, whoa, you know, you get, (laughs) you just like let go for, of all these different roles. Now probably it's hard letting go of those roles in some degree, but you just get to like do maybe what, MPP
0: thinks you're good at and the other stuff gets just distributed between your leaders. Right. For sure. And and there's been some like really contagious, positive energy at the leadership level with each individual branch too, because you know, a lot of these cases if the owner's stepping aside or retiring their number, their historical number two, all of a sudden is the the person in charge, right. They're running that thing. Um, And, and with that, like there's some contagious energy of like, I'm the man now I got this. And, uh, and so that's, that's fun. You know, I've talked about it ad nauseum with Nathan, but like, you know, he's not the only case of that, right? There's lots of instances out there where somebody who is not running the business is running the business now. Um, and uh, and there's a lot of excitement that goes along with that.
3: Yeah, and they have this support, you know, where they wouldn't before, right? You don't want to send somebody up into a management role without that support. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's what NPP does, is just making sure that they're equipped um, and have whatever they need. Even, I mean, as far as, like, delegating, yeah, a lot of stuff that small business owners don't want to do, like uh, <laughs> like me. <laughs> I don't ever want to touch a spreadsheet ever. <laughs> but now there's people for that.
0: <laughs>
2: so, how can employees attain growth and development at MPP?
0: So, I remember talking about this early with you guys. Like one of the things that I got most excited about to with the idea of joining MPP was as we built out this org chart over time when I was first consulting with them that. Mm-hmm that showed a career path from pool cleaner all the way up to executive that's never existed in the industry before. And, you know, now that we're a year into this, we're starting to build out like, okay, well how does one progress through that? Like, what does that look like? Um, And so apart from just the technical training that we're starting to build out, like part of our, our sort of three-year vision of, of, of what this thing's going to look like by 2024 is uh, a physical training center where we can send all of our technicians to for hands-on training in virtual headquarters and in every state we operate in that have, where we can conduct management training, um, management training, I think is, is, you know, we're building out our curriculum as we go on the technical side, we're building out some amazing modules and some really cool technical education. Um, unlike anything our industry has seen. Um, but we're also pivoting to start looking at this management training, right? Because one thing that I think in our industry is, is, is an industry of small businesses. Usually it's like the best technician gets promoted to manager um, or maybe the person that sort of aged out of being able to to hunch over a pump all day in a backyard gets moved into the office to start taking over as management. Um, I know I've never received any formal management training, and I don't think I don't think much formal management training has been offered across our industry. Um, and so so that's one thing that we're really excited about being able to start pouring resources into our people in a way that that most small businesses just can't, whether it's financially or make the time to do. Um, recently we just sent a lot of our managers to, uh, a culture index training in, in Florida. Culture index is a, a, a program we're going to use at in that we had used at Patriot, uh, to really sort of identify the hard wire of, of each person in the company, um, what they're really sort of designed to do. Um, but more importantly, and so it can be used as a hiring tool, but more importantly as a management guide where we can get insight as managers into our people and realize like, how do we really you know, affect them uh, in a way that, that that motivates them and gets you know makes them feel good and and gets the job done the way we want to get it done. And so, you know, that's sort of our very first foray of just dipping our toe into being able to to pour some resources into management training. Um, but that's something that that's really big on our on our radar to formalize and build out curriculum for, apart from the technical side of this industry. And so, you know that continues to be sort of one of my driving forces in, in this whole thing is, is the creation of opportunity for people in the industry. And, you know, as, at this point we do have our, you know, our fully formed branches that that most of which we've just inherited that infrastructure from the companies we've acquired, but, you know, we've built out uh, at this point, you know, my, my state regional team has several people on it. Our corporate team has, is, has grown significantly. It's, it's quite large at this point. And, so outside of you know the confines of a single location uh, that provides pool service in whatever city we're in, we're starting to already really build out these other sort of layers of, of who we are as a company uh, and, and the, the, the support they can provide to the front lines. But, you know, we need people to fill those um, to, to help provide that support. Um, but more than that, also the training to, to let people move from that pool cleaner position and start progressing all the way up. Um to wherever it is they want to go if 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 this is a you know an, an industry that they really want to make a career out of, which is what we we hope we can start to provide right those true career paths um that you know i think we we touched on a little bit earlier about how um you know we sort of get stuck in this industry like right like we fall into it and like we, we come back to it whether whether you know we think we might leave or not, especially with second generation people in this industry, mm-hmm. like we want to make this thing really attractive to outsiders um, where you don't just fall into it. Um, but you pursue it as a trade um, like you would being a, a, an apprentice electrician uh, or, 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 or you know, a plumber. Um, and I think I think we, we can see that path now that we're a year into this of like what it looks like because we're starting to design it. And and that that gets me really excited. And that is where we have already started seeing some candidates come in that have identified that, um, especially uh, in terms of even just sellers of seeing like this is where I know I can provide more opportunity for my people than than, than what I've got at my one location in whatever city I'm in. Um, and that's, that's been really, really cool to watch. And like one of the things I'm most excited to watch develop over the coming years, um, because it's a large, large reason why I'm, why I'm a part of NPP. Very okay, good.
2: Cool. I'm sure everybody listening that works for MPP or, you know, strives to one day will really like that because like you said, there's not really any formal, uh, business training for, uh, for the swimming pool world, you know, it's just mm-hmm. different than, than other things. So appreciate that. Uh, for the listeners, how can people find out more about NPP?
0: Yeah, the, uh, the best resource right now is our website, go-npp.com. Uh, and again, it's go-npp.com. Uh, you can find contact information for, for many of us on the website. You know, I love to talk to people directly. If anybody has any questions for me, Amy is our business development manager of Texas. Um, clearly is a great resource for anyone in Texas, but we, you know, we we are in Texas, Arizona and Florida. um, So we can, we can hook you up with direct contacts with anybody in those states.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you both for being here today.
0: Thanks guys. Thanks so much y'all.
1: Hey, pool chasers. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode to connect with today's guests, including pictures, links, and resources from everything discussed today. You can visit the episode page at poolchasers.com or click the links below. To connect more with us, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter by searching at Pool Chasers. If you would like to support the podcast, the easiest and most effective way is to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, as well as share the show or your favorite episode with a friend or on social media. Also, you can get early access to each episode by supporting us through Patreon. We know your time is valuable, so thank you for sharing some of yours with us today. See you out there, pool chasers.